With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Everybody, welcome to Bucky's Fifth Podcast. This is Jay Kokorowski. We're going to get straight into it, uh, into this podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We are talking on a Friday night. You know, you have there's some Wisconsin connections going on with the Super Bowl taking place. Uh, recording right now, it's a couple of Sundays away. It'll probably be uh, one Sunday away when you hear this. And it, you know, you talk about Wisconsin connections. You, you have, you know, for the New England Patriots, James White. Uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles, you have. You know, Corey Clement, another running back. You have Bo Allen. And then you have our guest for this week's Bucky's Fifth Podcast. We have Chris Maragos, safety, special teams guru, team captain. And as you guys know from uh, watching Wisconsin football, a team captain there, as well as a, a walk-on who, uh, you know, obviously had a great career at Wisconsin and then has translated it into a, a great eight-year career in the NFL. Chris, how you doing, good man? I'm doing good, Jake. How you doing, my man? Doing well, doing well. And the first things first, you know, I talked to Bo Allen earlier this week. Do you have your own dog mask? Do you have your own dog mask yet? <laughs> my kid does. I, uh, I I thought I had one of my own, but he's hogging it. He, he wears it everywhere we go around Philly, too. It's hilarious, man. In the car, in the back seat, I look through my mirror, I just see a dog mask on a little kid's body. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. And first off, you know, too, besides the dog mask, congratulations on reaching another Super Bowl. I know you did with the Seahawks oh, thanks. a few years yeah. back. And I, I know you're not going to be able to play necessarily because of the PCL injury. Uh, but but how does it feel being part of, of another team that's made it to the, the biggest game in, in professional football? Oh, man, I mean, you know, it's it's exciting. I mean, you understand how special and rare this is to do. And, you know, you really understand all the hard work that's been put into something to get to this point. And it really just pays off, you know, the hard work and, and the dedication and the commitment that it takes, you know, to be here. And, you know, you just got to enjoy these times and, and, you know, make sure you put your best foot forward to – go out there and play the game that you need to play. You know, how has this team in your point, you know, from what you've seen, you know, with all the injuries to you, to, to Carson Wentz, to Jason Peters, Darren Sproles, I mean, it's, you know, we've yeah. seen a lot of injuries in the NFL this year, you know, but how has this team, you know, from your vantage point have over, you know, how has the team overcome the adversity you've faced to become, you know, one game away from, you know, claiming an NFL title? Well, that's a good question. You know, I think it starts with, uh, character it starts with the character of the guys, the character of the team, the culture that we've built. You know, you don't overcome adversity and, and get through difficult things if you don't have a you know high character, high character individuals, high character players. You know, guys who care about one another, and, and that's exactly what our team has. We we have guys who um, you know strive for a commitment to one another, guys who strive to uh, you know excel and, and and make sure that they're doing everything they can for that person that they're fighting for next to them. And, you know, it's a special group that really is committed and, and, and that cares. And, and when tough times hit, um, you know, it's a lot of high-character guys who are willing to work through it and find ways to overcome whatever it is that we're dealing with. And, you know, we've, we've experienced a lot of injuries and a lot of things that we're, you know, trying to overcome. And, and you know, guys just continue to just rise above, uh, you know, the, the difficulties and, and capitalize on, on all the opportunities that we've had. Yeah, and Chris, we you talk about character and overcoming with that. Yeah, how's how's your faith? And I know you know we've we've seen you know a lot of stories written about, it, but how's your faith? How's how have the players on this team their faith really helped? You know, with that as well. And how has it helped bond this team? You know, you talk about the city of brotherly love in Philadelphia, but you know, how has this group no. of players really, you know, their their faith and and, and this how has it formed a bond with this team? Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, I think it just starts with, you know, just, you know, the God that we serve, you know, Jesus came to serve, you know, and, and, you know, he did that in the ultimate capacity and with the ultimate sacrifice. And, you know, it's really kind of cool to see, you know, the guys who are believers on the team and, and, and who have faith in Christ to, you know, serve the guys in the locker room. And, and it's, it's infectious to the guys who are Christians, the guys who are Christians, 
And everybody's like, hey, man, there's genuine love for each other. There's genuine servanthood. There's genuine, uh, you know, commitment to each other. And, and that's really the, the, the really the meat and potatoes of, of what it looks like, you know, and, and, and our faith plays a, a huge role in that. And I know the guys specifically that are injured, you know, and, uh, you know, are dealing with these injuries are, are, you know, obviously distraught and, you know, you're very uh, upset about the situation and you're not happy about it. But at the same time, you have peace and you have joy knowing that this is exactly where God has you. This is exactly where God is shaping and molding you and your character and the person that you are. And for that, you're excited and you're happy to know that that you're going to be better for it. I mean, in your in your case, you I mean how is it? It has to be hard, right? Where you know you're, I know you you played about six games from what it looked like before the injury. Uh, what, but you know, what have you? How has it has it been hard for you in dealing with not being on the field? But how has it helped you in other ways as well? Maybe uh, in other aspects for for helping this team. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, when you're off and you're not playing, you see things in a lot broader scope. You know, when you're playing, you're focused on your position, your individual assignment, your individual role to help the whole team play well, you know. And and when you're not playing, you see things from a very broad point of view that you don't see when you are playing. So, you know, for me, it gives me the opportunity to, to see the bigger picture on a lot of things and to really be able to, to build in the guys, to help them, to to kind of give them, uh, you know, a piece of my mind or, uh, you know, my thoughts on – on what I think can really help them and, and, and put them in a good position to succeed. So, you know, it's been phenomenal and it's, it's been a great situation and, and, uh, you know, it's just been a, a really, really fun year when it comes to those types of things. Yeah. We're here with Chris Maragos, Philadelphia Eagles safety special teams guru on Bucky's fifth podcast, the podcast of Bucky's fifth quarter. And, you know, you can also see Chris's story or read Chris's story, uh, on a walk on this way. I had a great chance to talk with Chris, uh, you know, a few, a couple years back for the book. And he's one of my favorite stories, uh, out of, the walk-on tradition at Wisconsin and it's you know Chris I've seen you you know on a video serving customers at a Dunkin Donuts earlier this month I thought I saw out of a, a local mm-hmm. Philadelphia. yeah yeah, uh, yeah. but, <laughs> but <laughs> that's uh, not my day job man and uh, yeah I don't think I'd last too long there either man <laughs> I got about every every order wrong, man. I cost that place so much money. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've, I've seen you there, but then you know, I talked to Bo Allen yesterday, and he talked about how you've you know gotten up in front of the team earlier. I think earlier in the playoffs, and you know, what have you tried to say to them as someone that's been in this environment, this situation of you know being you know a Super Bowl you know, contending team, but not just contending, but you are in the Super Bowl. You know, what have you tried, what type of wisdom or what experience have you tried to convey to your other teammates that maybe have not been there? Yeah. You know, I think you just try to foreshadow what's to be expected. You know, there's a lot of unknowns, especially as a player. And, you know, I think that sometimes sensationalize, you know, these moments, whether it's the playoffs or the Super Bowl or whatever it might be. And it's like, it's like, man, it's, it's another game. You know, you're playing, the same players that you would play against in the regular season, you just play them in a Super Bowl, and, you know, you, you make it such a big thing when it's really not. And so, you know, you just go in there and you just try to explain to guys, you know, what they're going to step into, the things that they can do, the do's and the don'ts, you know, what it might be. And, and um, you know, that's really what it comes down to. And, and you know, our guys have bought into it. They've bought into the process. You know, they're very receptive and they listen. And, and for that reason, you know, they're they're able to be, you know, ahead of the game when it comes to maybe a lack of experience of, you know, actually physically doing it. But, you know, since they are so open and so receptive, um, you know, to, to the voices in the locker room who have been there, you know, it, uh, it kind of gives them, you know, that, that little bit of edge. So it's been, it's been good. What have you seen out of the, the defense of Philadelphia, this change? I talked to Bo about it and people will read about it on Bucky's fifth quarter, hopefully coming up this weekend. Uh, but it, you know, what have you seen, you know, with, with the changes in the defense and in this team since you've been in Philadelphia? Yeah. You know, I think it's just, it's, it's a, it's a commitment and a desire to excel. And, you know, it's really a brotherhood. You know, you talk about family and, you know, in the NFL, it's tough to do because it's so much business, you know, and, and the rest a lot and the continuity changes. Our team has really developed a brotherhood with each other, that they really care and they're committed and, and they want to do the best that they can for each other. And, you know, when you're playing for for your family, you're fighting for your family, there's a different type of fight and a different type of 
aggression, a different type of, you know, mental, you know, uh, makeup that really comes, you know, with that territory. And, you know, these guys really love each other like family and, you know, they're willing to fight. They're willing to be accountable and watch film and be detailed. And if somebody messes up, they, you know, they, they, you know, they take accountability and they fix it and they, you know, do whatever they can to, to fight, to win. And, and, you know, that's really a, a big thing for our team and, and it really helped us to get to this point. And, and Chris, when you talk about, you know, the Wisconsin connections with this team and, and you have, you know, first off, you know, you know Bo Allen, who's been there for, he's going on his fourth, this is his fourth year already. Right. And, 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 you know, what have you seen out of him? And just he's contributing on the defensive line. He's rotating in. How have yeah. you seen him develop and contribute to the Eagles' success on defense? Yeah, it's, uh, well, you know, Bo, is, he's the greatest guy you'll ever meet, you know. And, <laughs> and, and the thing about him, too, is you know, he plays such an integral role on our defensive line and really on our team. Um, you know, the guy is a, a tremendous run stopper. You know, he's always in the right place. He's accountable. You know, he plays at a high level with a high motor. You know, the guy's phys- physically tough. You know, he's, he's uh, you know, extremely, extremely gutty and, and really gritty type player. And, uh, you know, he's just one of those blue-collar, bring-your-lunch-pail type guys. And he really fills in a lot of the cracks that we have on our team, uh, especially on our defense, because the guy's just so consistent and so accountable um you know and just plays so well that you know he can be relied on he can be relied on to make big plays to to go in there and, and to do his job and to really uh you know help our units have success and um you know he's 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 been a great great player for our team and um you know a guy who's got you know a really bright future in this league you're here with chris marigos here on bucky's fifth podcast and on the opposite side of the ball you have an undrafted in your situation, undrafted, you know, free agent and Corey Clement comes on, makes a squad. Uh, you know, like I said, you, you were undrafted free agent. You know, played at San Francisco before going uh, to Seattle, uh, and you see Corey Clement make his way up, his, you know, his way through, and, and now he's contributing and, and has what six touchdowns in the regular season alone and, and made an yeah. impact. Yeah, how have you seen him transition and make such an impact on that offense? Uh, you know, for for Doug Peterson. Well, you know, it started back in OTAs. I mean, he came in with just a professional approach. You know, he and he's got that Wisconsin way about him. You know, it's I'm going to work, I'm going to grind, I'm going to you know play hard, I'm going to do the little things, I'm going to take care of the details. And uh, he's just been a great teammate. You know, he's a great guy who is committed to you know doing things um, you know the, the evil way and and to you know be accountable to the guys around him. And and he's really worked his tail off. And you obviously see the fruits of that you know this season. And you know. You know, for him to have this this much of a, a jump, you know, this early in his career as a rookie, um, is really really impressive, and really the sky's the limit on what he can do, you know, as a player. And um, I'm really excited to see his progression, his development in this league, because what he's been able to accomplish, you know, just in his first year is pretty remarkable. And um, you know, he's only going to get more comfortable and, and more, um, you know, experienced as, as time goes on. Yeah, and it, it, any mem- you know, any particular moment stand out to you for Corey uh, in his <laughs> development so far? Oh yeah, well you know you can tell just a, a, a ball player. You know, I mean, to me, I, I look for guys who who can play football. You know, I mean, you know, it's one thing to come in in OTAs and run around really well, and you know we got a lot of guys who do that, and I've, I've played with a lot of guys who do that really well. They're in OTAs, and you're like, man, this guy is the best player I've ever seen in my life, and then you put pads on, you get in the season and the guy can't even, you know, walk and chew gum at the same time and, and be a football player. But, you know, Corey was just a ball player right at first. And, and really where I saw it first was special teams. You know, this guy ran down on kickoff. He made the, the first play of our season on kickoff. He made a big hit on the return and really sparked our team. And, and you know, it just showed me that the moment wasn't too big for him. And, you know, a guy that can, can go down there and, and run with athleticism and to – you know, have the ability to have the strength and the size and the speed and all the, you know, quickness and, and the, the the awareness to run down the field on special teams. I mean, you can run the ball on offense right and left. You know, that's the easy part. And so you really saw his versatility very, very early in his progression and development with our team. And obviously you've seen him continue to just make strides. And he's only going to continue to get better as, as he gets more and more playing time and more and more experience. And Chris, you know, it's a few more questions before you let you go here on Bucky's Fifth Podcast. The 
you know, when it comes to first off your your rehab and how are you doing, you know, uh, both the physically, you know, and just you know, I know it must be a grind too, just trying to rehab back. You know, how's your schedule looking, and and where do you think you'll be back? Uh, will you be ready for training camp then coming up uh, for next year? Yeah, that's the plan. You know, rehab's been going good. You know, it's crazy. You don't realize how much goes into this. You know, to to get you to this point. Um, but, um, yeah, it looks like right now, you know, the plan is to be back, you know, around training camp and, and to, uh, you know, put my best foot forward and, and get ready to help this team win in uh, 2018 for sure. Absolutely. And, and, you know, what, what are you going to try to impart? Uh, is there anything that you want to do for this team and for, you know, what this upcoming week that, that you feel, you know, you can provide obviously, uh, and, you know, we've already talked about your, your guidance and words of wisdom, you know, during the playoffs. Yeah. Is there other things that you're trying to help accomplish with this team, you know, uh, heading up to Super Bowl Sunday? Oh, absolutely. You know, I'm always trying to help guys with their technique or where to place their eyes, you know, on a situation not down the field or, you know, ways that they can, you know, continue to get better and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that's, um, you know, I'm always trying to find ways where I can add value and just help and, you know, just be a part of the team and just be with the guys. And, and, uh, you know, I've been fortunate that the team has been great with having me around and giving me, giving me those opportunities to, you know, continue to be there for, for the guys on our team. So, um, you know, whatever I can do to help, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm willing to do. And it, it also, you know, you know, kind of looking back on your Wisconsin days, but to another former walk-on that's now uh, the defensive coordinator for the Wisconsin Badgers for your alma mater with Jim Leonard. Are, are you? I take it you're not surprised by the success of the defense from from last year underneath the direction of uh, someone that you know, along with I, who I know as well, in in, in Jimmy. Yeah, um, you know, Jim's been a great friend and mentor to me. You know, all the way back even to my Wisconsin days. You know, I can remember. You know, obviously, when you grow up as a kid, you know, you, you know who Jim Leonard is, you know, as a Wisconsin kid, you know, growing up in the state. And, you know, I remember when I was in college, I was just transitioning to defense, and, and Jim would come back, and, and he would train and work out in the off seasons, and I would just be at his hip pocket. You know, hey, man, you know, will, will, will you teach me? You know, will you, will you show me something? You know, can I learn from you? And, you know, he would kind of, you know, not even think I was serious until I just kept bugging him about it, you know, and so – <laughs> you know, finally he'd, he'd sit down and meet with me or he'd walk through and we'd talk film or whatever it might be. And it just, it developed more and more and more. And we just kept developing a friendship and, and, um, and, you know, it just progresses so much more. So he's really the guy that taught me defense first. So, you know, to see how well Wisconsin has done, you know, with the way that, you know, he, I've seen firsthand on how he teaches, cause he really taught me a ton. Um, you know, it doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, he's, He's great relationally with people. He understands the game of football. He simplifies it. He doesn't make it too much more than what it is. And uh, he's just a great person, too. You know he's telling you the truth. You know he's shooting straight. And, uh, you know, you're going to get it exactly, you know, the way that, 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 that you would want it. And, um, you know, he's going to have even more and more success as time goes on. And, and he continues to evolve his style and his game. And, you know, Wisconsin fans should feel lucky to have him. And um, you know, fortunate to to have a guy like him as 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 Badger fans that that represents our university so well. And Chris, my last question for you for tonight: uh, What would it mean to you, and you know, what would it mean to the you know the team and the city of Philadelphia if uh, you know the Eagles bring home that world championship back to the city of brother, brotherly love? Oh man, it would be crazy around. I, I can't even imagine what this city would be like. It would be off the chain man just knowing uh you know how these people would act and respond and how excited they would be i mean you know you these these fans out here are so passionate and you know they're so uh in love with the team all year round i mean it's march and it's the dead part of the year when it comes to the football and they're talking about the team and they know all the guys and their roles and and it's it's they eat breathe and sleep football all year round and you know, for them to get a championship, you know, I know our guys are doing everything they can, uh, you know, to give this city what it deserves. And we're going to put our best foot forward next Sunday and, and uh, you know, uh, you know, hopefully walk out of there with a win. Big thanks to Chris Maricos, who joined us late last week uh, here on Bucky's fifth podcast. And, and like I said, Super Bowl coming up this weekend and you know you have like we we talked about it before right uh chris marigos bo allen Corey clement 
all on the Philadelphia Eagles, and you have James White for the New England Patriots, and uh, great matchup here, and, and you know, just as a heads up to, for this podcast, we're going to have Nolan Gruel coming on the show, maybe about 15, 20 minutes or so, here on Bucky's Fifth Podcast, the newest, one of the newest commits for this class of 2019, that already has seven, and according to 24-7 Sports Composite Rankings, Looks like Wisconsin's number three early on. Now, I mind you, this is really early, uh, but it's still uh, amazing to see what Paul Christ has done with football recruiting class like this for 2019 with Graham Mertz and Logan Brown, some of the best at their positions uh, as prep recruits. And now you have Nolan Gruel. We'll talk with him in just a little bit. But, you know, we talked about Philadelphia Eagles, and there's one writer on our staff here that is a diehard Philadelphia Eagles fan living in Minneapolis during Super Bowl week. So you must tell he's ecstatic. Uh, and we are introducing people who want some comedy, when people want some fun, and a little bit of this little sass, a little satire. We got Drew Hom here. And you know, Drew, we're debuting the big roast tonight. I am ecstatic. You know, Jake, I'm excited too. Uh, Sass is my middle name, and uh, I'm excited to bring a little to the podcast and to talk about mostly how terrible the basketball team has been playing recently. And for those that don't know about the big roast, I, usually it's a weekly column Drew puts together, and it's one of my it's one of my favorite columns to read each week. I know we've gotten a lot of feedback <clears throat> on social media about uh, just uh, how people enjoy the roast. And we're bringing it to podcast form. we got a written form. We're going to have some fun. It's not going to be all 14, 14 Big Ten teams because so, uh, we don't have enough time to, to go through. We probably could go through all the time with all the, just how the Big Ten the basketball season has, has gone and just the lack of teams that are outside of you know Michigan State and Purdue uh, you know, in Ohio State being, you know, top of the line there, you know, uh, is, is the upper echelon of, of the conference. So I'm sure we could probably do like a full hour's worth of roast if we wanted to. But we're going to condense this down uh, into about 10, 15 minutes. And, and we're, you know, let's start off. Let's start off with Wisconsin, Drew. Uh, you, you come off, of, you know, I was there last night at the Kohl Center. Uh, 11 point loss, you know, 74 63. Nebraska goes on a 30-8 to run in the final nine minutes, 59 seconds, nine minutes, was it nine minutes, 45 seconds, something like that. Uh, and, and Wisconsin wastes an opportunity to get back in the win column. What you got, bro? Uh, so it was one of the few games I was actually able to watch because uh, I never work on, on, uh, on Monday nights. My restaurant is closed. And so I was you know, excited to see that my beloved Wisconsin Badgers had a Monday night game which the Big Ten hadn't been doing recently, but now that the Big Ten tournament is like basically tomorrow, I think the schedule just got all condensed, <laughs> and uh, they're playing on Mondays now. So anyway, I was real excited, put my daughter to bed, and uh, we watched, my wife and I watched the first half of the game, and you know, it was fine. It was some stereotypical Big Ten basketball. Not a whole lot of shots were made, and uh, when they were made, they didn't look good. Uh, Nebraska has a very good defense this year, and Wisconsin has a very bad offense. So it was kind of a lethal combination. But either way, the Badgers were winning. Then in the second <laughs> half, uh, the second half they're up, what, like 10 or 11 maybe, after uh, yep, 11. the Khalil Iverson dunk. 11, sure. And uh, my wife demanded that we change the channel to uh, Summer House on Bravo. And so <laughs> we did that because the Badgers were winning by 11 in the second half at home against Nebraska. And I was kind of just thinking to myself, sure, I'll go watch a bunch of like early 30-year-old rich New Yorkers get drunk in the Hamptons and argue with each other. Because <laughs> that's also how I like to spend my Monday nights outside of watching college basketball. So we did that, and I paid no mind to the game. I didn't even check it on my phone. And then because my internet blows... Uh, the stream stopped on Summer House, and we had to, like, reset uh, my PlayStation, and it went right back to Big Ten Network, and it was the Badger game still with about 50 seconds left, and oh. Nebraska was up by, like, six or seven, and Ethan Happ was on the free throw line, which is just a disaster, and so I didn't even want to watch the end of that game because I had seen that story before, and so... Uh, 
those are my thoughts on the Badger game. It was terrible. Uh, Summer House was good. They're not <laughs> showing enough of Steven, who's uh, he's from Alabama, and he's gay, and his parents are super conservative, and that's a whole big storyline. But he's the funniest one on the show, and uh, he doesn't get involved in a lot of the drama either, so he just kind of commentates on it. He seems like he's supposed to be the voice of reason that we all uh, kind of follow after. But uh, he'd make a better point guard than what we have going right now. He seems like he's kind of short, but like he has two working shoulders, and the <laughs> current point guard doesn't. <laughs> yeah, it is a uh, it's it's rough. You feel bad for Brad Davis and the kids trying everything he can. That's not his natural position, and that's what really makes it rough to to watch with him. Yeah, is is that you know it's his shot you could tell is is off. His you know that you've seen the turnovers. And you you hope that uh, it turns around, but you know you wonder how long, much longer Demetrius Trice, you know, if he returns at, at all. You know, he practiced a couple, you know, a week <clears> or two ago, but we have, and that was before the Illinois game, which was their last win of the season, uh, you know, or of, of so far. And uh, but yeah, then they go on and face Northwestern this upcoming Thursday already, so it's a quick turnaround. But let's go to your. Yeah, you're in the, the backyard in the Twin Cities. You got Minnesota. What, what do you see out of the Gophers there? I mean, that team is such a dumpster fire. The it, it's so clearly coached by a Patino when all these players are getting suspended but not really kicked off the team, and then you know they have they've what I think they've lost six of their last seven, and their only win was actually in overtime against Penn State. Penn State's actually kind of good this year, but. Uh, <laughs> But but Minnesota just blows, and it was so funny to watch the beginning of their season. It's kind of like how their football seasons often go, where they'll start like five and zero or six and zero, and you can tell they're getting like a big head about things. But the only Big Ten team they played was like Illinois JV, and so they really have nothing to say. <laughs> but they're undefeated, so they think they're kind of you know going to do something this year, and then they lose six of their last seven games because they play all the real teams on their schedule. That's basically exactly what's happening for the basketball team. And yeah. it's uh, hilarious to be here while it does. Giving me a little solace because, I mean, they should be laughing at us even more. And when you look at I mean, you talked about Illinois, and it's, it's hit straight, straight up with them. Uh, came up uh, 91-60 victor, you know, victors, uh, you know, and, and not a, you know, what, I think they what, came on into the game, they were 12th in the Big Ten. And uh, it is a... You know they come out. Grant a nice win, but this team. You know this team. I mean, didn't was it? I didn't get a chance. This is how bad I was prepared. My computer's freezing up on me, which is always great. Uh, yeah, that was their. You know they had one one and eight, right? Where I am looking right now. Yeah, they had to Illinois. Of, yeah, yeah, Il, or, yeah, Illinois. They're one and eight coming in. It's so another two two and eight. It looks like. Oh wait, no. Okay. No, they they have one Big Ten win. Yeah, they have one Big Ten win. Okay, they just looks like they did they just win. I think they yeah. We're recording this on a Tuesday night. It looks like they just won. Uh, oh, they beat Rutgers. They beat Rutgers. Poor yeah, Rutgers. Poor Rutgers. That's next week, right? Uh, but yeah, it looks like Rutgers. Yeah, ninety by thirty-one. So that's a two-game winning streak for Illinois now. Yeah. Uh, they're considerably better than Wisconsin. Uh, <laughs> whom they lost to by 25, like a week ago, or whenever we played them. But uh, did you see Illinois? So after they beat Indiana, uh, they had a, a video in their locker room of everybody dancing after the win. That was pretty cool. No, uh, I did not see that. <laughs> I don't know. I like when college kids have fun. Like, uh, they're doing so much hard work, and they're terrible. But, like, when you win, you should you should dance a little. Either one and eight, who cares? Uh well, no, they, I mean, you know, that's one, I think that's one thing with fans, right? You don't have, they don't realize the amount of work, and yeah, they, they may be on a scholarship, but there are some walk-ons, too, that actually have to pay their way, then also be student-athletes. Uh, we all know that, but, you know, the scheduling and even getting a, trying to get a day off nowadays is tough with, with this Big Ten schedule, it seems, here and there, and 
especially now playing back-to-back, you know, essentially, you know, Wisconsin played Monday night, and now they're playing Thursday. Uh, it, you know, getting a good win, and obviously it's Brad Underwood's first season with the Illini, too, so getting that first win's out of the way, and it looks like they uh, beat up on Rutgers like everybody should. Yeah, everybody should. Do uh, you know who didn't? Uh, yeah, I know. Who, who, who Remind me once again. Oh, it was uh, it was Wisconsin. Speaking <laughs> speaking speaking of them, Illinois has uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, eight games remaining on their schedule now after they beat Rutgers, and they are favored on Ken Palm to win exactly one of those. Do you know who that's against? Oh boy, yeah, Wisconsin. <laughs> oh baby. <laughs> Like this has just been a it's been a rough season. I guess I guess maybe we were due for a bad season. Basketball's been so good recently and so is football. Maybe this is just the college sports gods telling us to cool our jets. Yeah, the, the, and I was going to write up uh, one of these days I'll write up a column talking about it. People calling for Greg Gard's firing is uh, is that that's outrageous. Outrageous. Like silly. Uh there's I mean and that's like it's only a certain few but you know you can feel people getting uneasy. But you know it, it's such a people are have that hubris about them. Like or some 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 fans like ninety five ninety six ninety seven percent of the fans that for Wisconsin realize hey it's just a bad year. The two thousand fifteen recruiting class uh, did not pan out. You know have has not panned out yet. You know you have Cleo Iverson and Brevin Pritzel really being the only ones that are contributing, but they're uneven. And then mm-hmm. the other three with Andy Van Fleet, uh, you have. Uh, you know, Charles Thomas, and, and you have Alex Illicane, and, you know, Van Vliet's, you know, Van, yeah, Van Vliet's just on the bench, uh, even though he's an offensive target, not doing anything because he can't play defense, or the, maybe not, I won't say he can't play defense, but the, they don't trust him to play uh, both sides of the court, but and then you're seeing Illicane get in there here and there and contributing, but not being consistent, same thing with Charles Thomas, and uh, and then on top of that, the injuries to Kobe King and Demetric Trice. It's you know, it's just a perfect recipe of uh, just injuries and, and talent. You know, Wisconsin's not Kentucky where you can get five star players and then compete continuously. It's uh, I think people there's a, there's a hubris, hubris with some of the fans that are calling for the firing that they they want the national championships and final fours every year and they they squawk every time something bad happens. It's just it, it's it. It's to me. It's I'm, I'll hopefully I'll write a column about it sometime in the next week on, on Bucky's fifth quarter. But it's it's bad, man. Can can I run an idea past you real quick? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about this? What if for the rest of the season the Big Ten lets us play with six dudes, but two of them have to be Charles Thomas or Andy Van Vliet, <laughs> and they could only play half the court. So you let Van Vliet play offense, then he can't go past half court, and then Charles Thomas plays defense. I think that improves our team maybe 1%, and I'm excited <laughs> to see it happen. Six on five, make it happen. You know, did you read, I don't know if you got a chance, did you read the Sage Rose, Rosenfeld's article about the XFL having something like similar to what you're saying about having teams start at the 50-yard line? Is Sage uh, Rosenfeld the former backup quarterback? Yes, he is. He writes stuff on lots? Great. He Good does. I know, right? You know, quarterbacks are people too, apparently. Uh, but I mean, quarterbacks are usually smart guys, right? They gotta know the offense. Anyway, sorry, no, I did not read <laughs> anything about the XFL except that you can't have any uh, criminal record. But I, I was really hoping Johnny Manziel would play in the XFL, but I just I don't I don't see that happening. I still think that it'll happen at some point. I, I, I think it will. I think yeah, I think we'll see what happens and comes of it, but. Uh, We'll get into that in another discussion, by the way. Because like, sure. I think Milwaukee down the road, Milwaukee Crushers, named after the Crusher from the old AWA days, would be perfect. And and we'll have Lance Allen on to talk about that, the gun show from WTMJ in Milwaukee. He's a huge wrestling fan. All right. Uh, so anyways, uh, looking ahead, like, looking at teams that are actually good, uh, the, one of the best in the Big Ten, obviously, um, in the nation, Purdue, uh, they take on, looks like, Maryland on uh, tomorrow night. And... You know, in West Lafayette, and, and what what else do you want to say about them? Where you know they they beat Indiana <clears throat> at Indiana, uh, you know they beat Michigan, you know they beat Michigan, uh, and then wiped the floor previously with Wisconsin and Iowa uh, in the past week or two. Uh, yeah, I I actually uh, so on Sunday I, I spent the day in Chicago uh, before going over to a buddy's house to uh, get embarrassingly drunk and watch the Royal Rumble. And so I was uh, sitting around at a bar watching the Indiana-Purdue game, and I had kind of like forgotten what it was like to watch 
a team run like a competent offense and play team defense and stuff. And Purdue is good, man. Like, oh, yeah. they, they, they're, they're players, and it feels like a lot of those guys have been there forever. They kind of have the Wisconsin uh, disease, where Dakota Mathias, I've hated that guy since I was probably 10 years old, it seems like. And Isaac Haas has been there forever. They have two Edwards on the team, which is confusing. I'm sure they've both been there for a long time. Although the short guy, the short Edwards, he's young. Uh, yeah. Carson Edwards. And then... Oh, they were insane, got, by the way. When I had to cover that game in terms of covering it from my couch. And that was just... The, the barrage that they put on was just against Wisconsin was just phenomenal. Like, that, that team's well-coached and... Uh, even with Isaac Haas at that time being defended well by Ill Canaan and Reavers, which sounds weird to say, but it sure he, does. He did not score on 0-5 shooting uh, that game, so you know that was good credit there. But my word, um, they are they are a powerhouse, and I mean they obviously have to be a Final Four candidate. Oh yeah, and did you know that they have a kid on their bench who's taller than Isaac Haas, who also has two A's in his last name? I just I don't know yeah. what they're. The, <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, no, it is, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know, I don't know about that. I'd like a, a blood test done. Uh, before we before we get on talking more about the Super Bowl uh, and the Royal Rumble, uh, Penn State, what you got? Penn State's kind of a fun team. Uh, I know most people don't really care about Penn State basketball, even from even from Pennsylvania. Like, I, I had one friend growing up that like Penn State basketball. And I think that was only because that one year they went really deep in the tournament when they had the Crispin brothers. Do you remember uh, Joe yeah. and John Crispin? Yeah, I remember them. Yep. They, you had to guard those guys when they stepped off the bus. They could they could light it up. But now Penn, or Penn State uh, is doing what Illinois needs to be doing, and they're recruiting the biggest city in their state. Like all of the kids who play for Penn State now went to high school in Philadelphia. And uh, that's just kind of fun. Because I think Philadelphia is a wonderful basketball city that often gets overlooked uh, by, like, New York, and then people talk about the DMV a bunch. But I think Philadelphia is uh, is just as good as either of those places at producing college basketball players. And Illinois should be doing the same thing. The fact that they can't recruit Chicago, I mean, I don't know. I guess I wouldn't want to go to Champaign either. But if you're going to be, like, playing basketball there, and maybe not there for very long, you could do worse. <laughs> so I mean, talking about staying in, Pen- in Pennsylvania, Royal Rumble was in Philadelphia. So was NXT Takeover. I, I we talked about it before we started recording about how much I enjoyed NXT, and we both enjoyed the Royal Rumble. Uh, are you getting excited for WrestleMania season? Yeah, I mean, I think the AJ Styles versus uh, uh, Nakamura match is going to be awesome. I know all the people who are way more into wrestling than me have been like asking for that match at, at, in the WWE for a very long time. So uh, I think that's going to be great. Um, I want to see Braun Strowman, like, literally knock over the entire arena. I think he could do that. Like, did you see the, the the time when he lifted that truck up? Yeah. Uh, well, no, one, no one should be able to do that. <laughs> that not fair. No. Like, how could you, why, how would you ever want to wrestle that guy? <laughs> Hey, he got James Ellsworth a career for a while. Uh, when uh, so, no, it, it, the brute strength. I mean, I gosh, if I could lift, I don't know, like my our son's Fisher Price go kart, you know, that they have moving around, I'd feel happy if I didn't have this bad back. You know what I mean? It's just the fact that that kid, guy can lift like the semis and oh, like it's an, it's, it's incredible. But it's also yeah, it's also like, well, how how are they going to beat this guy? I pull. I don't know. I, I, I don't want to be the person who has to figure that out. And but thankfully, yeah. I'm not. <laughs> but, yeah, so, no, I think it was a great show. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And uh, and then, you know, I mean, how? let me ask you this. Like, I mean, with, has your business, you know, as a restaurant, have you seen, like, a huge influx going on uh, with Super Bowl week? I mean, how is everything rolling when, you know, I mean, it's, you know, the biggest game in professional football comes to a big city to a great city like Minneapolis and then you know I mean just how is it how's the atmosphere been uh, and have you seen a lot of you know your fellow Eagles fans and your and some Patriots fans have you seen them starting to flock in already uh yeah there there have been some coming in already 
but but honestly, I haven't seen a whole lot. I haven't gone uh, downtown to the the Super Bowl experience thing yet. Uh, we're thinking about maybe going down there on Friday, which might be a terrible idea. It's good, <laughs> but it, it it should be cool too. Uh, my, my restaurant was super busy this past weekend. Uh, we have a, a big buyout coming up this coming weekend. Um, uh, Gatorade is going to be buying out our restaurant, and so a lot of uh, NFL players are going to be there. Um, I've been told by uh, – so my, my restaurant is in Wyzetta, which is a, a very wealthy suburb here west of the Twin Cities. And I've been told by numerous people who don't know each other or really me that uh, – <laughs> that Justin Timberlake is staying at the one nice hotel in Wyzetta, and they've been asking if he's going to come eat at my restaurant. And, I mean, if he does, I'm going to try to befriend him. So if you guys, <laughs> if you see me on the field at halftime dancing with Justin Timberlake, know that it went really well when he came in and sat down at the bar. <laughs> Have you had a chance to listen to some of the new songs on his album yet? No, I haven't. I, I don't plan on talking about that with him. I'm going to, if if he does come in, I'm going to be like, hey, aren't you Britney Spears' ex-boyfriend? And, <laughs> and that's how I'm going to know who he is. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And see how that works. All right, now, now, okay, we talked about this right before we started. Uh, why, and we're recording this podcast on a Tuesday night. We have, it's you know, this is great. We have Chris Maragos, Nolan uh, Gruel, uh, the 2019 Wisconsin commit. We have the debut of the Big Gross, but why aren't you going to listen to it? Oh, man, I, I have the worst voice. I, I hate listening to my voice. I feel really terrible for all of the listeners. Uh, <laughs> I, I I just think I sound dumb. If you fast-forwarded to get to, to the Gruel interview, good. That was a smart move. I'm sorry I'm still talking. Also, thank you for saying that guy's name. I, I didn't know. It has an X on the end. It's very confusing. He, he seems like he might be some sort of superhero, like the Gruel x maybe not anyway i think i sound dumb and uh i will not be listening to this podcast at least the part i'm involved in you you your voice is wonderful i will say that your voice is wonderful oh. Oh. don't you don't you dare say differently it's the voice of an angel okay all right a soft, a soft thank you kitten. i appreciate that so uh, i wasn't fishing for that but i appreciate it uh, and of course, you can find Drew uh, on uh, on Bucky's Fifth Quarter with his big roast, uh, the, the weekly segment there. And uh, we're gonna have Drew on every week, uh, hopefully in between, uh, depending upon scheduling. And uh, we'll get make sure we get the the weekly segment going with um, just what we got going on on Bucky's Fifth Quarter. Drew, looking forward to talking with you throughout the uh, throughout the year and as as long as Bucky's Fifth Podcast goes, man. And uh, we'll talk to you next week and and just uh, watch out for those Patriots fans in Minneapolis. You better watch out for me. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll take a quick break. Come back. Nolan Gruel, class of 2019 wide receiver that just committed to the University of Wisconsin this past weekend. We got him live. Uh, well, as live as it can be on a recorded podcast. We'll, he'll be coming up in just a second here on Bucky's Fifth Podcast. Welcome back to Bucky's Fifth Podcast. This is Jay Kokorowski. We just talked with Drew Ham and the the modified podcast version of the big roast and now we turn our attention to recruiting obviously and big weekend for the wisconsin badgers in terms of football and you look at the fact that uh two big names for the 2019 class you had safety bryson shaw uh committed uh lacrosse player but also looking to get into football obviously he's now going to be a football commit for the wisconsin badgers uh he publicly announced on saturday night and with us today uh which uh, we're very happy to have around a tuesday night uh we are very happy to have nolan gruel uh wide receiver 2019 class as well uh he committed over the weekend as well nolan uh welcome on, on the show thanks for coming on yes sir thank you so much for having me let me ask you first off, how have the last two to three days been for you? They have, uh, they've been crazy with uh, the publicity and everything on Twitter. And uh, obviously a lot of people contacting me saying congratulations. So it's just a blessing to, uh, to be able to receive a great school like Wisconsin. So. And, and you know, when, when you headed to Matt, you know, you came to Madison this weekend, if I'm not mistaken, you went for an unofficial visit this past weekend and 
I mean, did you have that feeling of, of verbally committing when you were, you know, on that flight in, uh, into Wisconsin? Did you have that feeling of, you know, if the stars align or not even the stars align, but did you have that feeling that you would commit this, this weekend? Yes, sir. We did. Me and my, my parents and I, uh, we uh, talked about it a lot about Wisconsin and uh, over the last couple months, and it's definitely been a topic of conversation. And going up there, we just wanted to – we had it in our minds, but we wanted to see it one one more time, and everything just worked out perfectly between the visit and how they had it set up. And uh, my parents and I liked it a lot up there. So it was a, it was just a stake in the ground for my decision. How many times have you been up to Madison besides this past weekend? Was it uh, sometime – it, you know, I take it sometime last year. Yeah, I was up last June um, after they offered me, and it went great. Again, the coaches showed a lot of love, and uh, the campus was awesome. And just the fact that uh, that they kept talking to me uh, over over the year with uh, Gilmore and uh, and Saeed, the recruiting coordinator. Yeah, it just it just felt right when I went back up there to be able to uh, make the commitment. And uh, I was supposed to get up for the Michigan game. But uh, my team went w- went late in the playoffs, so we couldn't end up doing that, especially with the game scheduled early. But we we were trying to get back up soon, so I'm glad we were able to make it this weekend. And, you know, we're here with Nolan Gruel, 2019 wide, wide receiver, class of 2019 wide receiver, verbally committed to the Wisconsin Badgers this past weekend. And if you could, um, may we ask if you could d- d- set the scene for us? So you know where did you know when did you verbally commit, and who was in the room, and how did it all kind of go down uh, when you verbally committed to Wisconsin? All right, sir. I, I um, the first day when I got there on Friday, they had a whole day planned out for me, and uh, Coach Gilmore flew back from Texas from recruiting and. Uh, he ended up going to the hockey game with me, and so did Saeed. And then the next day, we um, the hockey game between Penn State and the uh, and the Badgers. And then the next day, when the commitment happened, I was just got done talking with Coach Gilmore and having a meeting with him. And then I walked into uh, Coach Chris' office, and uh, it was him and my parents just in the room sitting down, and we were talking. And uh, I ended up committing, which we which was the plan all along. And um, when that happened, Coach Chris just stood up and gave me a hug and was really excited. And uh, then once we once I walked out of the room, the whole coaching staff was there, and uh, they all were giving me hugs, and it was just a it was a great experience to be able to experience that, and just the fact that they were all so excited, and uh, it was awesome. Did you have any hesitation with 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 the committing? Did you feel? I mean, I mean, you know, I know you said that you know you guys had talked about it. Um, was there a particular moment during the weekend that you said you told your parents or whatnot, like, hey? it's go time. It's time. You know, I want to do this. I want to verbally commit. Not at all. I think going up there, we definitely, with the relationship I built with coach Gilmore going up there, it was definitely, uh, it was definitely on my mind and just, it just solidified it going up there, but we already knew we were going to end up committing while we were up there just because of how much we, uh, we liked Wisconsin. I'm here with Nolan Gruel, class of 2019 wide receiver here on Bucky's fifth podcast. And I've seen your huddle tape. It's impressive. And you know, shows that you've been using multiple ways. You know, in the slot, the backfield looks like split out wide. You've been used a multitude of ways uh, within your, you know, your high school's offense. And uh, where, you know, where does Wisconsin's coaching staff, you know, uh, Coach Christ, uh, you have Coach Gilmore, Coach Rudolph, where do they see you being used in that offensive scheme that they have? Yes, sir. They've talked about this uh, a lot with me, and. They see me in the outside lane, with uh, is how Coach Gilmore explains it. Just being able, to, being strong enough to get off the line, and my separation with the with my uh, with my route running, and also definitely in slot. They see me running slot a lot, and also taking the jet sweeps and running across the line. So, Coach Gilmore sees uh, using me in a lot of ways, which is uh, was a lot, really helpful with my decision. And when it comes, just the fact that they believe in me. Yeah, and and when when it comes to uh, is it how is it different from how you're being used? You know where, where you know how have you felt? You know in high school, how have you been used uh, currently? And I, if I'm not mistaken, you also did you also change schools uh, from junior sophomore and junior year? Was there any difference in how you changed the you know how you were utilized uh, between those two high schools? Uh, not really. Both coaches were great coaches, uh, Coach Jenkins and Coach Greer from both my high schools. But 
the uh, the attack was the same that they used with me from just running the ball and uh, and being that outside receiver and being moved to slot. So, I mean, a lot of it was the same, just kind of moving me all around. And when it comes up to the high school competition, you know, with where you are, what's some of the best high school competition you've gone against? Uh, definitely uh, the league I'm in right now is the highest league in North Carolina. Uh, it's a, the 4AA league. And we play teams like Mallet Creek, and uh, right now my Huff football team has 11 Division One players on it. Some of them Conference USA players like that. Um, but definitely our team is – we got a really good team, and uh, we play really, really good team. So it's a, it's a pretty tough competition, but at the end of the day, it's just, it's just high school, you know what I mean? So you got to get the job done. We're here with Nolan Gruel. Wisconsin Badgers uh, verbal commit class of 2019 here on Bucky's fifth podcast. Have you had a chance to talk to a lot of the, you know, there's seven verbal commits that we know of, obviously that are public for, for scholarship offers for this class of 2019. Have you guys had a chance to really bond uh, or, or get to know each other further uh, during the process? I know you just committed you know, this weekend, but have you guys had a chance to talk even the past two or three days, but even before that, have you guys had a chance to kind of bond and get to know each other more? Yes, sir. That's the, uh, that's the cool thing about the whole experience is that a couple of days before I went up there, I was, uh, I was putting this group chat with, uh, Julius and Graham, the quarterback and, uh, Joe and Logan, a couple of linemen. And, uh, we were just able to start talking about some things. And, uh, just the fact that, I was able to build that relationship with the other committed players. And yeah, we've been talking for a while and uh, it's a, it's pretty awesome. The relationship we've built just not knowing each other for a week. You know what I mean? So I was going to say, when it comes to that too, how, uh, it, when it comes to the, just the recruiting game that, that, you know, not a lot of people know about when it comes to being a, a highly, highly sought after division one power five conference, you know, recruit, uh, you know, how, how are the group chats and, and getting to know people and also getting the letters? Is it, is it, does it get overwhelming sometimes with being, a, you know, you're, you're a high school player, you know, you're still young and you obviously were trying to focus on, you know, school, but also other sports. And then, but also on top of that, you're being recruited by all these major programs. How does it, how are you able to maintain and, you know, grades and also just trying to maintain focus and, and, and above that being a high school student and enjoying, you know, the, the last couple of years you have before you go to college. Yes, sir. It's a, it's a, again, it's a, it's a fun experience for me with the mailbox and uh, just the, my mailbox is full every week. You know what I mean? With letters and stuff like that along with coaches trying to contact me. But, I mean, it's just – it's fun trying to balance everything, and uh, it keeps me – just got to stay humble through the whole process. But the fact that this is all happening is just what I dreamed of since a little kid, so it's uh, it's pretty awesome. Who is your favorite, favorite team, Carolina Panthers, since you're from North Carolina, or do you have another favorite uh, NFL team? Well, actually, I'm, I was born in uh, Detroit, Michigan, so I'm from the Michigan area. Uh, but uh, – I uh, moved down here to North Carolina when I was eight, so I'd have to say my favorite team is actually the Patriots, just with uh, with Tom Brady and the receivers that they have. So, so I, okay, so so yeah, so I know who you'll be rooting for uh, coming up on Sunday then. <laughs> yes, sir, definitely, definitely. Uh, what's what do you think some of your biggest strengths are? Uh, you know, obviously you're utilized so much, you know, the way that you are in high school and, and being just an asset everywhere on the field uh, right now. But where do you think your biggest strength is? Definitely in the uh, route running aspect of the game. I'm very quick in and out of my breaks and able to get off the line. But uh, just trying to work on my craft at receiver and uh, the techniques of the receiver, of receiver and just the quickness uh, helps me a lot. And so that's probably the biggest aspect of my game. And coming up, uh, in your opinion, you know, just what are the goals for you, you know, going forward? You've, you've verbally committed, you know, are there camps coming up for you soon? I know, you know, or are there any type of, you know, I know if I'm not mistaken, you were, ju- were you just in the U.S. Army All-American Combine? Uh, uh, no, I actually I actually have been invited to the U.S. Army All-American Bowl. Oh, so the bowl. Okay. So, you was, great. Yeah, I didn't have to go to the Combine. Yes, sir. And so, so you've been invited to go to the bowl, which 
uh, is a huge honor for those that don't know the U.S. Uh, Army All-American Bowl has some of the best high school recruits in the nation coming. And, and for those that don't know, Garrett ran the defensive tackle, nose tackle right now for Wisconsin was in that game. So I believe Cole Van Lannen, uh, who, uh, you know, reserve offensive lineman this year, uh, was also uh, in that. Uh, so it, it's a, you know, it's a big deal. I mean, you have that. Are there any other camps you're planning on going to at all? Uh, not really. I'm kind of set uh, on Wisconsin and just trying to help build the class for 2019 and see how much uh, see how much better we can get. That's one of the things all of us commits talk about is just how we can what players we can get and what players we are close to committing and see if we can try to talk to them. But uh, no, sir, I'm I'm fully committed to Wisconsin. And last question for you: Since you are a Patriots fan, I need a score prediction for the Super Bowl. Uh, with Tom Brady, he'll probably come back in the fourth knowing him. Probably, I want to say, I'm going to keep it basic, 24-17. Once again, guys, that was Nolan Gruel, class of 2019 wide receiver from North Carolina, talking about how and why he decided to choose the Wisconsin Badgers uh, as his college destination. And so uh, big thanks to Nolan Gruel. You know, uh, also, like I mentioned, Earlier in that interview, Bryson Shaw, a three-star safety uh, out of uh, Maryland, uh, the Bullis School, which if everyone's wondering why, uh, why that sounds so familiar, Patrick Johnson, the reserve safety who should have a bigger role during the 2018 season, will, uh, you know, he committed, uh, and that's where Patrick Johnson's come uh, comes from. So you'll have Bryson Shaw coming in, and he committed. You, you saw the public tweet on Saturday evening lacrosse player one of the best in the nation according to looking up at this and you guys can find all the recruiting news at bucky's fifth quarter.com uh looking at that i mean you take a look at his speed it's it's impressive uh but according to recruiting rundown he's one of the top lacrosse players in the nation but now he'll come to madison to play football obviously because there is no lacrosse here uh at the university so uh but you know looks like a very speedy safety Kid looks about, I think he said about 6'2 on his huddle film, uh, and you watch it, and there is just a, a lot of speed. There's a lot of intrigue with with uh, an athlete like that. So uh, stay tuned uh, to hear more about that uh, and what the potential impact for Bryson uh, could be for Wisconsin secondary down the road. Uh, now, don't, you know, obviously Wisconsin basketball lost, uh, but we wanted to talk about that Wisconsin did offer. Uh, you know, Tyler here obviously is going to Kentucky. So we, you know, Wisconsin's offering, uh, they, now you're looking at it now, uh, they offered Tiger Campbell back, uh, was a week or two ago. Uh, he released his top four, I think either today or yesterday. Wisconsin did not make the cut. They offered 2018 point guard Xavier Pinson out of Chicago, out of Simeon High School. People should remember that's a very high-profile high school uh, in Chicagoland. And it should be interesting to see if they can make a move and secure a point guard because you can tell uh, I could definitely use one, uh, which I mean, obviously next year you have Trice. You're going to have uh, maybe Trevor Anderson from the Green Bay transfer. Uh, you'll see what Pinson, uh, how intrigued he is to, you know, to play for Wisconsin. And so uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Make sure you guys check out Bucky's fifth quarter.com for that as well. And, you know, we're going to wrap this show up. <laughs> it's about two minutes away. New segment. I'm going to call it the Joel Stave two minute warning you saw back the wisconsin badgers uh signal caller back in uh 2015 was great that season in the two minute drill and hurry up offense so we're going to do it until people start yelling at me for that name call we're going to call it the joel stave two minute drill and we're going to keep it really quick because we're out at like i said an hour so i have a minute 45 until we wrap this up women's hockey still number one in the nation Swept St. Cloud State this past weekend. Uh, you know, the, the second game of that series, a little bit trickier. Uh, and you can see the recap up on Bucky's fifth quarter uh, from from Bob. You know, got away with a win. And, and they're still, you know, great. I mean, only one loss on the year. It's great to see for this women's hockey team there. Uh, and then also uh, with men's hockey, B Penn State, First game, second game, uh, tied, but I believe they won the shot. Yeah, they did win the sh- shootout. And so, uh, you know, Tony Granato uh, coming up. He was introduced at the Cole Center and uh, yesterday uh, during the Nebraska game, and he'll uh, go off the coach uh, USA Hockey. So uh, best of luck to him. 
you know, I'm going to end it right here because uh, we got a lot of great stuff. Thank you again to Chris Maragos. Thank you, Nolan Gruel. Thank you, Drew Hom, and you're uh, in the big roast. It is great show today, Action Pack number two. Like Bucky's Fifth Podcast. If you guys like it, please like it on iTunes, like it on Google Play, give it a review, and, and really we're trying to bring answers out to make this for you. This is your podcast, your news, whatever you want. Give us feedback continually please do that that's all that we're looking for uh we'd love to hear back from you so uh next week tons more news basketball football recruiting hockey you got it here on bucky's fifth podcast